Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your presence. Even right now that we can experience your spirit breathing life in us and through us and into us and in our midst right now lord we acknowledge lord that without you lord we are nothing there's there's no significance to us coming together here there's no eternal value for us gathering unless it's in your name and unless you are here with us lord so we just give you all the glory Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here right now and that you are ministering to each one. We commit this time to you, God, and we thank you for your word that, that is life, life to our flesh and health to our bones, as your word says, Lord. And we receive that life this morning by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Great stuff. So in terms of us uh, walking by faith and looking to Christ um, it's it's sometimes you know we especially if we've grown up in church you know there's some of these ways we talk and the way we say things that it becomes so um, part of our lives that it's it almost becomes a bit of a cliche sometimes it becomes vague and I just I want us to stand um, still, but just add a few practical things in terms of how how do we practically engage our faith? How do we walk in this journey with with God um, of faith? It's different to the way the the world operates. I was challenged the other day. Somebody um, wrote something about you know the context of parenting. How how different are our children out there? And by implication, how different are we as families in the communities that we live in, in from those that are not following Christ? Are we different? Um, and that challenged me again because it, it, it's, it reflects on the walk of faith that we are walking. If we are the same as the world, oh, then that's a challenging situation. <laughs> that, you know, we are set apart and we are different because of he that is in us. Amen. And um, so let's look at a couple of scriptures to set the sun of foundation this, this morning. Galatians five sixteen. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And this morning we'll look at how do we do that? How do we walk by the Spirit? How do we walk in a way that is spirit-led and not led by the flesh, or led by the desires of the flesh. In other words, our physical and soulish desires. And let's go to the next one. Um, next one as well there, Romans 8.13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And there's a couple of times where we see this life or death kind of choice. <laughs> and it's very, it sounds dramatic, but that is the reality. If, 
um, we, are, we see that if we walk according to the Spirit, we live according to the Spirit, there's life there. But if we continue the way of the world, the way of the flesh, um, there's death there. Um, so if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But how is it? How do we do this practically? How do we put to death the deeds of the, the, the flesh, the body? And how do we do it by the Spirit? All right? Because this is another dynamic I've noticed as we, as believers, we, we kind of have it in our minds what are the things that is, are expected of us, all right? And if we're not careful, we tend to go into the, into the more reasoning, how, how can I do this practically, the five steps of, of you know, becoming, you know, having a better um, self-control or whatever. Instead of saying, okay, I'm, how do I do this by the Spirit at work in me? Okay, so let's, let's get to the next one. Just laying a bit of a scriptural basis here. First Peter 4, 11. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through, for, through Jesus Christ, to, be, to Him belong glory, and dominion forever and ever. So when we speak, we, to speak the oracles of God, we, in other words, this is part of walking by faith, and when we serve, to w- serve with the strength that God supplies. How do we go about our daily walk, practically, in a way that we don't do it in our own strength, but we do it in the strength that God supplies? Are you with me? Because now, the, I think the challenge is, if you know, especially if maybe you're, a specialist in your field, or you've, you know, you're a professional, or you've been trained, you've studied a gazillion years to get where you are now, and <laughs> that, it, I think it becomes harder. The more qualified we are, the more experienced we are in our, in our daily skill and work that we're doing in our career, isn't, doesn't it become harder for us to, to actually do it in a way that is, that is through the strength that God supplies? Are you with me? So how do we do that? And then, uh, this is one of my favorite scriptures. When the kids ask me, what's your, what's your favorite scripture? This is often one that comes up. Galatians 2. Let's turn there. There we go. Uh, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What does that mean by pract- in practical sense? How do we... Now, I'm saying that the old Yaku is dead and Jesus is living in me. What does it look like? And how do I, make sh- how do I live in a way that is by faith and not um, like I used to live in the flesh? Okay. And then also the next one, faith, not by sight. Second Corinthians five seven, for we walk by faith, and not by sight. How do we do that practically? And you know, you know, often you know, get if you speak to maybe people that aren't believers or somebody that's seeking out there, there's often this thing of, but. Isn't it just wishful thinking, or is it what you're believing in? Isn't it just like a fairy tale? Um, 
David keeps on coming home with these jokes. Oh, I must be careful now. Uh, some things you shouldn't say from the pulpit, hey? And he goes, he, he said something like, um, he was a poor lawyer and an honest politician and Father Christmas. And they, uh, they came across something, I can't remember what that was. And the question was, oh, they, they came across, um, I don't know what the situation was, but the question was who responded to the situation? And then the answer was, Clearly for the Christmas, because the other two don't exist. But anyways, but Harap uh, is like that. He comes with us home. But you know, sometimes it, people are saying, but isn't, it, isn't faith just wishful thinking? Isn't it just a fairy tale, this stuff that you believe? Um, and, and my question is, how do we practically walk in a way that is by faith and not by sight? How do we make that practical? So I've come across this... This thing that really encouraged me by John Piper, and I just want to le- use that as a kind of a framework for what I'm sharing this morning because it, it's really encouraged me as well. And he's he's um, set it out in a in a kind of a, um, a what do you call this? Yes, so uh, this it's not, it doesn't spell a word or anything, but it's uh, it's something that he uses, um, A-P-T-A-T, um, in a practical sense too. When you are facing a situation or you're facing a decision or you're facing a practical thing that you're going to do or how to just teach yourself to into a habit of doing it by faith and not in your own strength. Are you with me? So let's use this framework f- from John Piper and and really look and look at some scriptures around how we can do this in a practical way. So in a practical sense, so in a, in your daily walk, and in your, you know when you're going into a board meeting or you're going to a difficult client situation or at school or in your classroom or at home wherever you are, how, you know this kind of thing will I reckon will help us to shape what how we go about things to help us to really do it in a in a way that is by faith. Let's firstly look look at this admit. Firstly we admit um where we are in terms of our position without Christ. John 15 verse 5 says, "I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit." And here's the key, for apart from me you can do nothing. This is Jesus speaking, being quite blunt. <laughs> if you thought you can do anything without me, he makes it quite clear here. Without Jesus, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Uh, we, we are the branches. He is the vine. If you, take, if you remove a branch out of the vine, it dies. It cannot bear fruit. It is useless, right? So Jesus is very putting it very bluntly here. He's not leaving us any confusion space for confusion he says with apart from him we can't do anything and he's not saying you can't be of any worth to anybody i'm i'm thinking in terms of in terms of spiritual significance in terms of eternal value we are useless without christ yes we can do practical things but in terms of what is god will what god's will and god's purpose and and uh, in our lives being of eternal significance without him we are zero amen but that's kind of 
depressing but also um, freeing at the same time. Amen? So that's the first step, realizing and admitting and saying to God, Lord, without you, this thing can't go anywhere. This kite isn't flying without you. Amen? So that's a good first step to say, Lord, I, I acknowledge my dependence on you. I acknowledge where I am without you. And I acknowledge that without you in my life, this is, this is a non-starter. Okay. So we admit our dependence on him. Secondly, pray. Hallelujah. This is always a good starting point. Psalm fifty fifteen, And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you. And you shall glorify me. Call upon me in the day of trouble. There's so many places in Scripture where Christ, where God in, invites us to call upon Him. Call on my name. He, call on me and I will answer you. Amen? So many places. So, that was, as a second step, is to, after we've acknowledged our dependence on Him, secondly, to ask for particular help for our specific situation. I think this is already a, a step in the right direction in terms of walking by faith. I grew up in a, in a house where we, I used to pray in the morning and I used to pray in the evening if, if I remembered. Um, and, but there wasn't this constant interaction with God because I wasn't born again. Okay? And, but there was this habit, this, this tradition of praying in the morning and praying. And even we have this tradition of praying. And, but this is different. This is... This is saying, okay, Lord, this thing that I'm going into right now, this decision or this situation or this challenge or this whatever it is, inviting God into that thing. Are you with me? Um, and and the, you, we've acknowledged your dependence upon God and upon the Holy Spirit, but now saying, Lord, Lord I need you in this situation right now. Without you, yeah. You know, and, and we call upon Him and we ask Him for that specific. So maybe you need wisdom. Maybe you need strength. Maybe there's something that you need right now for that situation. You're stepping out in faith and you say, Lord, I'm asking you. You know, He invites us to ask for wisdom. He invites us to ask, to bring our petitions before Him. Amen? So this is the second part is to say, Lord, um, give me wisdom. Give me strength. And take away, take away the stuff that's hindering. Amen? Stuff that's standing in my way right now. Um, can do specific things. Take, take away anxiety. Take away uh, whatever is is in the way in me of me stepping out in faith in this situation. Are you with me? So we we engaging with the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit in that moment to to show you what are the obstacles. So the if you go. Um, so some of these can go very quick, okay? So these, especially the first few, can they don't have to take hours. Uh, you'll see now. I'll, I'll just refer back. But the, there's really a place where we engage with the Spirit and saying, Lord, um, this is what I need, and please take away this other stuff that's hindering me. Amen? Let's go on. Okay, so the next one, you'll see there in the progression, the, say, uh, the admit, pray, trust can go quite quick. Oh, look at the trust right now. The act can take long, depending on what you're doing. And then we'll see the Thanksgiving bit we'll get to now. All right. So this, the third part is trust. Let 
nostat. Third one is trust. Just a moment. Find my notes here. Second Chronicles 20, verse 20, as it's opening again. Let's read together. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. This is that place where um, the Lord brings a word through a prophet. They, they faced with this huge army of guys that want to wipe them from the face of the earth. Okay, not a great situation to be in. And they, um, they have to, you know, they kind of call out to the Lord, what should we do? How should we approach this? And, and the Lord tells them, gives them a promise and a, and a, in that specific situation, the Lord gives them a promise. And then that's, that's a, that story where, if you remember, where they put the, the band, they put the musicians in front of the army. Remember that one? Um, which sounds like not a great war strategy. But, uh, and there's this, this, this powerful place where the Lord delivers them from, from the enemies and, and the guys just kind of wipe, destroy themselves, and it's crazy. And they literally, the, the promise the Lord gives them is you do not have to fight. I will fight for you. You need to stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord. See what God wants to do. And then they put, because God tells them not to fight, they put the worship band in the front. I mean, great stuff. Um, sounds like a good plan. But, uh, so, but this is what he tells the people before they actually go into action. He tells them, believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. And this is such a crucial p place, and I, f I feel this is often where we, where things go pear-shaped. You know, the the, tr the admitting and the pr the prayer, we kind of, I think that's most of us probably can do that, or we we're okay with that. But this part is often, I think, where the wheels come off, and I think this is often where it becomes vague. If we we're in a situation that's challenging us or that's stretching us or that's, that's hard on every level. And we say to ourselves, I'm going to trust God in this situation. That's great. That's a good start. But then the enemy comes with so many accusations and reasons why things can't work that unless we, have, we are armed with the promises of God, that's often where our faith kind of fails us, if you, if you know what I mean. So I want to encourage us that the key here is to trust God for a specific promise in a specific situation. Amen? So that if you find yourself in a situation where, you know, um, for instance, let's go to the next one. For instance, fear. If you are faced with fear, then go to Scripture and put your trust in a specific promise that God has given. There it is. God has promised something. Are you with me? That is, that is a different ball game to just saying, Lord, I'm, I'm just going to trust you. And then it gets very vague and you get 
confused and discouraged and the enemy is chucking stuff at you and accusations and you don't have anything to answer. Amen. When you see that place where the Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness and he is he's tempted by the enemy, he answers very, very specifically. Every temptation, every challenge that comes to him, he answers with a specific word from Scripture. And how powerful is that? Because he has the word in him and he can, he can answer that specific temptation, that specific challenge with the, the word of God. Similarly, when we say in, this, in a situation of fear, let answer it with the promise of God, but answer it with the specific promise of God. I mean, Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's enough to put fear to flight. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> but that if you, this is this vague thing of, yes, I'm so terrified right now. I'm just going to try and put my, gather all my faith together and trust God. But this is powerful because this is the word of God. And it's answering the exact thing that's coming against me right now. Are you with me? So I want to encourage us that let's step out of that place of vague I'm just hoping for the best to a place of this and filling ourselves with the scripture to a point where when the enemy comes, I can answer him and say, this is what the word says. This is who God is in my life right now. Amen? I'm not being vague. I'm not hoping for the best. This is not wishful thinking. This is the truth. This is who God is in this situation. He tells me, I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen? And if that means you need to put it on your desk or on your screen or somewhere where you can see it the whole day, then that's, that's what we need to do. If it means, you know, in the morning when we go, when you're spending time in Scripture, take something out of that that you can carry with you through the day. Take a promise out of that that you carry through the day. And, and if we need to memorize, this is where Bible school comes in, guys. When, when we equip ourselves with, the, with Scripture to a place where we can practically apply it, that's when the Word really becomes flesh, which becomes powerful in our lives. Amen? Um, this is one of the things, the fruit that I've seen from Bible school is we engage with Scripture in a, in a disciplined way, in a deliberate, disciplined way, so that when we are faced with the realities of life, we can answer with the Scripture that God has for us, a specific promise. And then I can apply that thing in my life there. Amen. It's not a vague thing. It's not a maybe, maybe not. It's this is the Word of God for me right now, and I can apply Scripture. And this is what Bible school is all about in terms of us learning how to engage with Scripture internalize it, memorize it to a certain extent, obviously the more the, the better. But then the, the, the practical implication is how do I apply this word in my life? Amen. Come to Bible school. All right. But I am your God. So what else? Let's look at the next example. Uh, if you're wrestling with covetedness or anxiety about finances, stuff like that, Hebrews 13. So answer that challenge with a specific promise from God. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Interesting how we, we, we know all of these, these verses, but not necessarily together. Isn't that interesting? We know this verse about, I will not fear what can man do to me. We, can, we know this one about, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But it's in the context of finances. Isn't that amazing? It's in the context of, don't, you know, get, get, free yourself from the love of money. And then he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the context. I, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be panicked about finances and money. Because I will never leave you. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So we answer the challenge with a specific promise from God. Amen? And then the, another example, obviously the gazillion examples, bitterness or anger or vengeance. Romans twelve nineteen says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. That's one of the places, one of the ways that the kingdom of God is so upside down, so different to the world. The world says, get your own back. Stand up for yourself. Fight. Go onto social media. Say what you want to say. <laughs> the Lord says, no. Do not avenge yourselves. A friend of mine who was with us in the congregation in the UK, he had this really hectic situation. I always think, when I read this verse, I think of him. He had this hectic situation. There was a case against him and he had to go to court and it was really a hectic situation. And, and although the accusations were, you know, uh, weird, the reality is he had to go and he had to appear in court. Um, and the word that he got beforehand was this. And, and literally the Lord told him, do not say a word. And obviously he had to obviously say his name and stuff like that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when it came to the actual, you know, presenting the, I don't know what they had to do, he, the, he just had conviction that he shouldn't defend himself. And it came to such a point where the, after the case was put before the judge, he didn't have to say a word because the judges threw it out. But there was, this, there was this temptation of fear and of anxiety and of, oh my goodness, what's happening right now? And the Lord just told him, be quiet. <laughs> Don't let me, let me fight on your behalf. Uh, um, but, but again, if we're facing a situation like that, are we equipped? Do we have the word in us to be able to answer the challenge with a specific promise that God has already made for us? Amen? Okay. You know, this is something that's just been in my heart the last two weeks or so again. We, we are, you know, we, Scripture says that we, we've received a, a measure of faith. And often we think, how can I grow in my faith? How can I... You know, you know, have better faith or greater faith, or and then we're reminded that it's not so much how big our faith is or how strong our faith is. What is more important is in whom we put our faith. I mean, that's what makes all the difference. So when I'm such, and I'm I'm answering with the promise of God, it's the person that has made the promise that makes it significant. Amen. The king of the universe, the creator of everything, the one that is all-powerful and, and omnipresent and the one that, is, that is keeping the whole of the universe in place by his word and his power. That is the one that is making this promise. That is the one in whom I trust. 
That is the person I'm, in whom I'm putting my trust. Are you with me? So I'm not, I'm, this is not a vague thing. This is a, I'm choosing to put my faith in the King of Kings. And He has made this promise to me. And He is faithful. Are you with me this morning? So let's answer those challenges and let's put our trust in the specific promise that God has given The more we fill ourselves with the scripture, the more we are able to um, answer. And guys, this is something you can use Google for. There's guys that have put together lists of promises of the Lord that are in scripture. Okay, Go and find one. You know, because those are encouraging. When you just have a, you know, have a list of the promises of God, go familiarize with it. It's going to take you some time. Because there are many, but familiarize yourself with the promises of God in Scripture for those who follow Him and trust in Him. Make a list or make a file or a folder somewhere and, and uh, empower yourself, equip yourself with the promises of God for your situation. Amen. All right. Um, and then the last one. Oh. Did I, did I do act? Yes, let's do act first. Okay, so the reality is the, the, the admit and pray and trust but can take quick, can, can, can be quick. All right? you, in a situation, it's, you have to now respond and say, Lord, you sh- can't do this without you. Pray and trust. But then the act bit obviously depends on the situation. But the reality is as spiritual as we are, we have to act. God has given us a will. It's going to willpower. He's given us arms and legs and a body, and He's given us uh, a voice to say stuff. So there is a place where we have to go into action. And how do we do that? Let's look at Philippians two twelve. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Um, so we, that the reason why it's good to have this kind of a, to to train ourselves to walk by faith is because that when it comes to the action, that is truly one that is God working in us and not my flesh working in us or my own strength or that is truly a place where I'm engaging and that because I'm walking in faith now, it is indeed the strength of God. By the strength that He supplies, not my own strength, but by and the wisdom that He supplies, and the the uh, the promise that I have just you know applied to the situation. <coughs> so now we now it's a different dynamic, because yes, I have experience, or yes, I am I have been equipped, or yes, I have practical skills, but now I can do it in a way where I'm actually depending on the the, the strength of God and the power of God and the guidance of the Holy Spirit in the situation that I'm in. And this is a big part of the trust part as well, is where we actually decide, we choose to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that's what guides us in the act part as well. Um, you know, the, the scripture, and this is, this is a thing that we wrestle with as believers. Am I hearing the voice of God? Do I hear Him accurately? Am I able to discern what He's telling me to do? And that is a, something that all of us have to wrestle through because we have to grow and 
mature in our ability to learn to hear the voice of the, the shepherd. He says, I am a good shepherd, my sheep hear my voice. And the enemy will try his best to convince you that you can't hear his voice or that he doesn't speak to you. <laughs> but that's not the truth. Again, the promise is, I am a good shepherd, and my sheep hear my voice. So if there's something that is that you're wrestling with that maybe you're struggling to hear, that's a different story. Or there's a there's interference or there's static on the line or whatever, but that's other stuff. But the reality is he does speak and we do we are able to hear. So if that is something that you're wrestling with, then that is a, that is a huge component of saying, Okay, Lord, I want to grow in my ability to discern your voice and to listen and obey when I'm in that crunch moment. Amen. Um somebody said I was uh, listening to somebody the other day at a sermon, and they were saying that the the hardest places for us often to be obedient to walk and to walk by faith is in finance and in relationships, to really discern the voice of God and, and walk in a way that is not by reason but by faith. Because it's it's you know when it comes to finance, it's one thing to be able to do things in a reasonable way, which is really good to have a budget and to do stuff in a reasonable way to do stuff that you can afford but when you add the aspect of faith then it sometimes it's not reasonable because it's by faith so when some and then okay that's a sermon on its own so i wasn't get distracted now but uh and obviously relationships is a challenging one but those are one of some of the biggest areas where we tend to go into reason instead of into faith Yeah, okay. Let me not go into that distraction. All right. Um, so we go, we, we walk in a way that means we are led by the Spirit of God. Where was I? Oh, the other day, I was buying something for DIY stuff. Anyway, at Chamberlain, yeah, and the. And they didn't have it in the front. They said there's some in the back. They have to go fetch it. And while I was waiting, I decided I can just as well pray for the lady that's helping me. And I was praying for her. And not, she wasn't there. She was fetching the thing. And um, then the Lord gave me a word, a encouragement for her. And when she came back, I said, I don't know if this makes sense. And I just shared it with her. But she was really thankful. And I just realized it's just, you know, I... I feel I'm not often enough in that space because now there was a bit of time, right? Normally, like, we rush from thing to thing and there's time and time pressure and everything. But I'm really trusting God to, to, to make space in my life more for moments where the Holy Spirit can say, I want to say something to this person or I want to minister to this situation, into this person's situation. Um, and I was just challenged again that um, am I am I walking by faith, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak into every situation and be a part? Am I a part of what God is doing in that space right now? Are you with me? Um, but he, if if we put ourselves in that space, He is faithful. That's one thing I've found. And then finally, we've acted. 
then to give thanks. And, if, and now you're coming back to the point where you're saying, Lord, I've, I've done, I've gone through this process. Now, it can, this whole thing can be half an hour, maybe, depending on what you're busy with. Maybe the act is, a, is just a phone call or something. So then it's quick. But the point is, I've done this by faith. I've put my trust in you. Um, I've, I, I've done this not in my own strength, but in your strength. And I've done it by the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And I give all glory to God. Um, Psalm 106, one, one verse, verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His for His steadfast love endures forever. And what this does is it, it cements this process of faith. Because it's, it, it brings us back to the fact that without God, this is not, this nothing's going to happen here. So it, it brings us back to acknowledge. Now, and the, maybe the action was a long thing. Maybe it was a project or some time. And unfortunately, sometimes we forget that we started this process by faith. And then halfway, we forget that we've invited the Holy Spirit. And actually, when we, when we choose to look back, we realize, wow, well, if it wasn't for God's intervention, stuff would have looked very different in this project or in this situation. And then it's so crucial for us to say, Lord, well, I want to give you all the glory. And a part of our giving thanks is to testify. Amen? Whether it's in church or in small group or in, at work, it's such a powerful place of saying, God, you deserve the glory for what's happening in my life right now. You deserve the praise, and I give thanks to you. Are you with me? And they... Um, and, and again, if this is a, is a habit we'd be growing in, and for some of us, this is the way we can break, we can practically step out of destructive cycles in our lives. Maybe you're faced with a specific challenge regularly, similar one. Are you equipped with the power of the word? Are you, you know, equipping, are you practically positioning yourself to walk by faith when you're facing that challenge again and again and again? <coughs> and um, what I'm trying to say is the big part of that is to actually give thanks to God and, and to, when you're stepping out of that destructive cycle, when you're stepping out of that thing that's been happening over and over, is to actually engage with fellow believers around you, not only in accountability, but also in thanksgiving and giving honor to God. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.